0: You're listening to The Moody Mommy's podcast.
1: Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. <laughs>
0: Moodiest Mommies here to report with a new, hot, and fresh one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Jessica. And I'm Vanessa. And we are going to be talking about positive parenting today.
0: Yes. This is a big, important topic that I'm sure every parent probably struggles with. But Mm -hmm. we have a guest on today, and she has a lot of great tips and tricks of how to just change the way we think, because this parenting life is just... It's all it's just insanity, man. We have to just mentally just be crazy basically yeah. just like talk to ourselves in our head every second to just bring us down from this crazy cloud we're always in. Mhm. So she's going to talk to us about 10 Rs
1: which you guys going to find so useful because I wrote them all down and I'm like yeah yes
0: yes yes yes
1: yes yes. this is what I need to do and she's going to discuss some resources and we'll put those links in the bio so you guys could check those out and maybe get some more information on this topic because we're all learning and our
0: parenting journey
1: is not over we have so much to learn and
0: it is not easy Mm -hmm. ever Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm.
1: so then
0: let's bring out our guests hope you guys enjoy okay so nicole do you want to introduce yourself to everyone and let them know what you do for a living
2: sure i can do that you ready for me ready (laughs) hi so my name is nikki wolsey and i am the parenting program director for claris health and Claire's Health is actually a nonprofit clinic in Los Angeles and we offer free or low-cost medical, mental health and support services primarily to pregnant women but also with families with children under the age of 5. So, we are all about just providing that support educationally and emotionally and materially for mamas with young
0: children in our city. Are you a mom as well?
2: I am a mom. I have a 15-year-old daughter, so pray for me, <laughs> and I have an almost 12-year-old son.
1: Oh, wow. I think I've been to Claris before. The first time I was pregnant when I went to go confirm my pregnancy, I'm pretty sure yeah. I went there. Oh, that's crazy. They, they pulled me into a little room and, is anybody making you have this baby? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pressure me. I, know.
0: I think I am. i got myself into this Uh (laughs) willingly i love it okay so um i met you at my daughter's site that she was going to an early head start and you came to her facility and you gave a talk on positive parenting and i as soon as the meeting was over i was like hey Do you want to be on my podcast? Because I think a lot of parents need to know all of these tips and tricks that you have to recommend to everyone to just raise their kids with a positive stand. And I love it. I wanted to get you on here to share everything that you shared with us at your presentation.
2: Awesome. I am happy to do that. Um, Yeah, I'm super passionate about positive parenting. I was probably introduced to to it at about 2006. So it's been a while, I guess like 13 years now, and uh, I was introduced to it at my daughter's preschool, and it was such like a mind blowing experience for me because you only you parent in the way that you know and, and you parent in the way that you grew up. And not many of us maybe experience really intentional positive parenting. And so it was really cool to learn about it and just see how effective it is. And the reason why I love it so much is that parenting can feel good and it can be fun, right? Like, it is hard. You know, there are those definite hard moments that we have and it can suck at times, but it can also be really fun. And so that's sort of my goal in teaching people these things because I really want them to see that it's exciting and it's fun and it's not just hard work. Right.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. When Vanessa told me about the little um lesson that you gave the Uh parents i was just like oh i need that because some days i just feel like i don't know what to do like yeah like i want to be strict but i'm like i just don't feel like this is right like this isn't what i want to do as a parent and then i feel
0: guilty about the choices that i'm making
1: right and
0: i think uh, every parent struggles with that it's like you want to stand up to your kids and and set those boundaries but we battle with what's the right approach to take when we're doing so.
2: Totally, yeah, because you don't want to be permissive, but, you know, you don't want to be scary, crazy mama, right? Right, (laughs) definitely. You want to find that good balance. So, yeah, so what I did is I kind of boiled it down to 10 R's of positive parenting because that just kind of helped me organize my thoughts and kind of get everything that I wanted to get in there. And the question that I like to ask is, that have you ever said something like, if my children could just do what I said when I say it, I would be a great mother. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's like,
0: Every you know, you just mother.
2: Say, hey, yeah, exactly. You just, and then I'd be awesome, right? But my question to that is, do you do everything people say when they say it? And hopefully not, right? So I always want to start with asking, what if instead of focusing on changing our children's behavior, we focus on changing ours? because we're really just in charge of ourselves, right? We can't we can't force our children, well, we probably shouldn't force our children to obey, but we can definitely change our behavior. So, my first R for you guys is relax and let the consequences do the talking. And what I mean by that is that consequences are the most wonderful teachers ever. We don't have to sit there and like lecture or argue or moralize, like we can just let real life teach them that there are consequences to actions. So there's obviously those natural consequences, like if I ride my tricycle like a crazy person, then I might fall and skin my knee, right? And those are affordable mistakes that our kids can make when they're younger. So instead of, you know, following our preschooler around and going, oh, no, no, be careful. Oh, no, don't ride it like that. Uh, uh, uh," The worst that can happen is they probably fall and skin their knee right and so if we allow them to make those little mistakes then that natural consequence teaches them oh I feel like I need to be more careful next time and then logical consequences are just those ones that make sense like if we fast forward a few years and go to like teenage years. And if you use your phone inappropriately, you'll probably lose access to your phone. And that's just a consequence that that makes sense. And, you know, just like in real life, if we mouth off to a boss, we may get fired. And that's just a natural, logical consequence of life. So that's my first R is just kind of like taking the pressure off of us. We don't have to always, you know, send the lesson or, you know, be really intentional about teaching something because real life can often teach our kids the best lessons.
1: My daughter was, she has this little tea set that I got, it's kind of like porcelain and I knew I shouldn't have given it to her anyways because she's <laughs> a little small, but it was like a little tiny one. And she's yeah. she like pushed the little table over and she knew the tea set was on, she did it on purpose and it broke and she grabbed it <laughs> and I guess it cut her because I just mm-hmm. saw blood. And at first she's yeah. like, um, mommy, like she just came to tell me what happened. Like she was calm about it. I don't even think she realized she got cut, but I was like, oh my God, you're bleeding. And then she was like,
0: I out. and I was
1: like, oh, Your oh reaction. My yeah, my reaction, like set, her set it yeah. off because she was just like, oh. Oops! This happened, mm-hmm. and I was just like oh, right. There's blood. <laughs> uh, totally, and those are like those affordable
2: mistakes because, like, she wasn't going to die from yeah. the little cut, right? Right. But that—that's an affordable mistake. Now, if I knock over a tea set that's little when I'm little, I'll—I might cut my finger. However, say I go to. A tea shop when I'm a teenager, and I think it's funny to knock off a thing of you know teacups. A lot can happen, right? That's that unaffordable mistake we don't want them to make mm-hmm. later. So she probably learned this amazing lesson. Like, oh, things break. That hurts. You know, I'm not. I'm going to be more careful next time. Yeah. Even though we do tend to like overreact when we see blood, huh? Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. And I was
1: like, oh, and then I just had to like, for a second, because I realized, like, she started crying because of my reaction, so I was just, like, yeah. I had, like, calmed down right away, and I was, like, I'm really sorry that I scared you. I just want to find out <laughs> yeah. where your cut is, because I didn't know where it was coming from. I just saw blood, and she had touched herself, so there was, like, also blood on her head, and I was, oh. like, where is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, and, yeah, and that's been the important part of, of this
2: is that we need to have empathy, right, when they make those mistakes and not be, like, you know, what'd you do? Get why upset. Why are you playing with that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if we have empathy and, oh, wow, that must really hurt. What do you think we could do differently next time so that doesn't happen? You know, then we're actually teaching her something. Whereas if we said, well, that's because you knocked it off the table and blah, 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 then we're not actually, we're just kind of scaring them or whatever. Um, but we can definitely use it as a learning opportunity by using that empathy like you did.
1: Well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> And
2: then also, I think the the last part of this, uh, of relaxing and letting those consequences do the talking is just don't destroy the teaching value of a consequence. So, you know, say in that situation and the teacups get knocked over and I get a cut. If if I had gone to her afterwards and said, why would you do that? That was so unsafe. You know, this is why I always tell you, blah, 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 blah. Then they're focusing on the fact that we're having this weird outsized reaction and they're not learning. They they know, right? She knows that she knocked it over and that's why it happened. And so like you did, you know, just showing them that empathy and not like lecturing or whatever, um, kind of fighting that impulse to lecture afterwards really helps keep the value there. We're not destroying that value of the consequence. And then another thing is, sometimes so there's natural consequences, there's logical consequences. I am not the best sometimes in uh, thinking of consequences that make sense, that that are logical. I just, you know, I either go red in my brain and I'm just angry and I can't think of anything, or I just can't think of anything that makes sense. So there's this really amazing tip that I got from this curriculum called Love and Logic. So if you haven't ever read a Love and Logic book, go get one right now. They're so, 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 so good. And they have this thing called the energy drain. And the energy drain is like a generic consequence. You can't think of anything else. Um, And what you do, so my example for this, say your kids are bickering in the backseat of the car and you're just at your, at your wits end, <laughs> you know, you can say in that moment, wow, you guys, this is really draining my energy. We're going to have to deal with this when we get home. Um, and then you get home and you go, oh, wow. Remember how when we were driving in the car and you guys were just bickering in the backseat? Ugh, oh, that just took, it took all my energy away. And I, I know we were supposed to go to the park today, but I just, I don't have any energy anymore. And I'm wondering if you can figure out something you could do to help put it back into me. <laughs> and then they're mm-hmm. usually looking at you very confused, right? And then you say, well, you know, would you like some ideas? And Yeah, 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 we want some ideas. So then you say, well, you know, some kids choose to vacuum the floor, and um, some kids choose to um, wipe down the bathroom, and some kids choose to take out the trash. like." I would definitely put energy back into mommy. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is so cool because you probably only need to use it maybe once or twice. I remember using it, I think, once with my kids. Your house will never be so clean. And they will realize (laughs) that it really does drain our energy, right, when they're acting up and doing these things. And obviously, as a mom, it really would put energy back into me if somebody was doing my cleaning for me. (laughs) So that's just a fun, generic consequence that we can use to just show, again, there are, like, natural consequences i get tired when you're bickering in the back seat and i feel energized when you do stuff for me so i love that one that's my favorite good tip (laughs) yes so the next little r that i have for you guys is just rephrase and this works really well when your kids are younger I think that we have a tendency to just say no a lot. No, 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 don't do that. Stop doing that. No, 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 no. So every two-year-old at some point thinks that their middle name is no or their first name, I don't know, is no. (laughs) And so I think we can be a little bit more creative and we can look for ways to say yes because kids who hear no all the time are eventually just going to tune it out because it doesn't mean anything. But if we look for ways to turn what they're doing into a yes, then it actually works in our favor. So I want the cookie, I want the cookie, I want the cookie. Yes, you can have the cookie after you finish your lunch or, you know, whatever. Um, One very hilarious version of this uh, was back when my daughter was in preschool. They shared about a kid who um, was playing in the water of the toilet (laughs) instead of, like, freaking out and doing what we would do, like, what the heck are you doing? That's so unsanitary. That's disgusting, which would just kind of shame the kid and make the kid, you know, wonder why you're freaking out, they went, wow, it really looks like you're wanting to play with water. Why don't we wash your hands and then go outside and play in the water table? (laughs) So just looking for ways to turn that behavior that we don't want to see, turn it into a yes. So I love using that one, particularly younger kids like to hear yes. And another thing that we can do to rephrase things is just give choices all the time for everything. And a a very limited number of very simple choices. So do you wanna wear your red shirt or your blue shirt? Do you want vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream? And in doing this, then we're giving them a little more control over their life. And particularly toddlers and preschoolers are are looking to get some control over their lives and, and that's developmentally appropriate for them. So the more that we can give them choices, then the more compliant they're going to be. You guys think about that. Yeah, that
1: that makes a lot of sense.
2: And then the last little part of rephrasing is just kind of getting to that point. I know I got to that point when I first started learning about positive parenting, where I, I had found myself yelling a lot and I hated it. It was really successful in the short term. You know, you yell and they stop. But it made me feel horrible and I knew that I didn't want to do that anymore. So I just came to that point where I was like, I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm going to look for ways to rephrase this so that it can get my point across and I'm not losing my control. And there's this great quote from the five love languages of children and it says the volume of a parent's voice has a great influence over a child's reaction to what the parent says. So if I'm like yelling something, my child's going to ah, shut down. and. Uh, whereas, if I'm getting down on their level and I'm being soft and gentle with the way that I explain something, they're going to be far more likely to listen to me. And that also includes using those thinking words versus the fighting words. <laughs> so instead of, no, you can't watch TV until your chores are done, uh, versus, yes, you know, looking for that, yes, yes, you may watch TV as soon as your chores are done. So. Thinking words are enforceable, whereas fighting words are unenforceable. So I always like to just kind of get us to think about it in a different way. Think about the ways that we communicate so that they can be better received.
1: Like this past week, I've been having such a hard time with my daughter. She just, I don't know why, thought that a tantrum was okay for every situation where she got told no. And I was just like, oh my god like I try to be as calm as I can all the time and I feel like to the point where I'm calm until I snap and it's the worst like it's such a horrible feeling you feel the worst yeah and it was like a couple days of this where I was like calm like the first couple nights but it was just like for insane stuff, where I was like, come into the restroom and come take off your clothes. No, you do it for me. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you're about to be four, you know how to take off your clothes. And then I was like, I turn off the shower because she's taking too long. And then she's like, I want the shower on. And it's like, freak out for that. And yeah. then it was like, okay, whatever. Her dad came in, talked to her. Eventually, she calmed down, she takes a bath. Then the next night, after her shower, I'm like, okay, let's braid your hair so it's not in your face when you're sleeping. And I braid my hair. And then she's pissed because I only have one braid. And she wants me to have two braids because she's Elsa and I'm Anna. And I was like, no. But it was like an animal had taken over her body. And she was trying to rip this braid out of my head because she was the Elsa. And I was like, oh, my God. I have Drizella and Anastasia here ripping my life apart. And like... (laughs) I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to talk to her, I'm trying to calm her down. And it was like she couldn't It's such down. a
0: struggle to keep your cool in those moments yeah. because you feel like you have to yell to gain your control back. Yeah. But right. All, right. all week, I, I've been thinking about, you know, this this episode that has been yet to come for a long time. And I remember all of the tips and tricks because I was there for i guess you would call it like a seminar that we had at the at the site and i remember the things that you've told me and i talked about them with my husband when i came home and i'm like you know we have to try this you know no yelling and and learning different phrases of how to tell them no and so yeah. i've been working on that and like all week we've been like okay we're challenging our each other to like there's no yelling in the house and it's been hard like my little two-year-old was flipping out last night and just screaming bloody murder because she wanted a story and I told her she couldn't have the story because she was trying to bite her sister right before that so I'm like no you you can't have a story tonight but I promise tomorrow if you're a good girl you can have a story tomorrow as she was just like unconsolably screaming and We live in an apartment now and I'm just like, I don't want to be the crazy neighbor lady that (laughs) screams at her children all day. Like, that's not who I want to be. It's not the parent I want to be ever. And I especially don't want to be it when I feel like I kind of have like an audience around me as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think particularly with that age group, because they are experiencing such huge uncontrollable emotions and haven't learned how to manage them yet. So I think part of our rephrasing is is giving them phrasing. So when she's freaking out, acknowledging, wow, you have such big feelings about this or you are so frustrated about your braids. And oftentimes it just takes that to make them go, oh, yes. Yeah, thank you. You yeah, understand? Like me. You
0: noticed <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. So oftentimes just like reflecting back, even if it's a great feeling, like, oh, you were so excited about whatever. Right. But reflecting those feelings back to them helps give them words to say so that eventually they can go, I am really frustrated about this. Um, And then it doesn't necessarily devolve all the way into the tantrum. Right. Because they have words to express how they're feeling. So, I find that that works really well too, just reflecting it back in that moment. You are so mad and matching the way that we say it with the intensity of their emotion so that they know that we hear them, that we see, and that that's hard. Yeah. I think that's really important.
1: That's a good suggestion. I'll try that. Because, like, then the next day it was just like, because. So her behavior all week, there was some doll that I have that I've had since I was a kid. It was like a first edition. And she's like, I want to play with that doll. And I'm like, you can't play with it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, and then it was like, I want to play with that doll. And I'm just like, again. And then it turned into so much anger that she was throwing her toys. And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I yeah. do this I don't want to scream at her but she's not listening I'm trying to talk her through it she's she's only seeing red mm-hmm. and I'm like starting to it's see red. red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs>
0: it's hard
2: so yeah I think that's a great example which kind of leads me into my next two R's um, and the first one is remove. and so when they're in you know, those moments, probably more so like when you're in a public place and they start to melt down, right? The easiest thing for you to do is just remove them from that situation. So even in your house, right? Say there's a room. I know my sister-in-law loves Barbie. And so she has these huge like glass cases full of Barbies. And I remember when my daughter and then her two cousins who are the same age were growing up like oh my gosh like how do you tell a little tiny girl that she can't play with those amazing barbies right Mm -hmm. so like just removing either your child or the object right that would be the easiest thing like let's put this up in the cabinet because i can see that it's gonna cause problems right and i think that sort of just out of sight, out of mind, because they totally get fixated, right? Like, they go, no, I want to play with that dog. <laughs> oh, dog, 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 dog. All of your reasoning is not going to change their mind, right? So, I usually combine this with my next R, so teaser, spoiler alert, I won't tell you what it is now, but, uh, <laughs> but moving is is just a, a great way, either the object or, or the child, and um, there's another... Th- concept that love and logic talks about and and they have you sing the Uh uh-oh song and it's very sing-songy and this helps uh prevent us from yelling and saying you know keeping words from leaking out of our mouth that we're going to regret later (laughs) so we say "Uh uh-oh looks like someone needs a little alone time and then it's okay like it's okay to tell your kids like it's okay to be angry right it but we don't, you know, hit mommy or we don't bite our sister or we don't whatever, fill in the blank here. Um, but you can go and cool off. You can go, do you like to go to your bedroom? You can go and beat up your pillow. Oh, I feel so good when I feel mad to beat up my pillow, right? But giving them those tricks for themselves because we get angry, but we've learned how to control, handle and anger exactly. But they don't know yet. So we got to teach them how to do it.
1: Because I had seen a couple places that timeout shouldn't be
2: I've read that too,
0: that it's not a good thing. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I definitely, I don't believe in timeout because what that teaches is that I only love you when you're nice and calm Um, and when you have big emotions, I'm not going to be there to help you through them. And obviously, that's not helpful for a young child to hear. So... I think there's there's a, a couple different ways. I think there is a timeout that's good, and that's like talking to them. Maybe um, not necessarily in those moments when they're a little more calm, or after the fact. Like, hey, when I'm really mad, I like to just go upstairs to my room and I like to, you know, punch my pillow. Or when I'm really mad, I like to go outside and take a walk. So let's go outside and take a walk, right? Mm-hmm. Giving them those things where we do remove ourselves from the situation. So you can go to your room and you can huff and puff and you can stomp. And then when you feel better, you can come back, right? Not saying go to your room, but like, hey, that's a that's a great place to go when you're feeling out of control. Um, the other thing is, and particularly this works well with small children, is a time in. And sometimes they're just so out of sorts that they Physically need us to help them get back to calm and I remember a few times um, When my son was tantruming and I just went upstairs with him and I just sat with him and if he let me like Hold him or hug him. I would do that if he wasn't into it I would just sit next to him and I just waited and they you know Maybe they'll say I hate you or I'm so mad or whatever and you just sit there And
1: you say, I love you, I
2: love you, and you just wait. And it's painful, and it's hard not to, you know, yell back or whatever, but waiting, investing those few minutes, I mean, I feel like it took maybe five or ten minutes of the tantrum to die out, but then he would always end it. He would take a deep breath, and you would know it was over, and he would always end it with, I love you, mommy, because he knew that I was there with him in that moment, I wasn't abandoning him when he was feeling such like huge uncontrollable feelings. So yeah, I totally don't agree with like that kind of old school concept of timeout, but I think that there's a part of that that still makes sense. Just not a go to your room, I don't want to be with you kind of a thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, that does make sense. But it's like so hard because it's like, I don't know, you hear so many different things. There's so many parenting techniques, like okay, yeah. give them a timer where they have like two minutes to themselves. Or, I just I always feel so conflicted and like, what is the right thing yeah. that I should do? And yeah. the other night is when I really felt, okay, maybe timeout isn't something that I should be using because mm-hmm. in one of those tantrums where I like had walked away and her dad went in to talk to her, mm-hmm. she was just like mommy I need you mommy I need you oh like what do I do because I also didn't want to step on his parenting you know toes because he was like let me take over the situation and I didn't want to like walk back in and say no dad this isn't for you she's asking for me now
2: one thing I don't understand how single parents do it like they are the most amazing humans on the face of the universe because some are emotionally at our wits end right and so it's so nice to be able to be like you got
0: one <laughs> yeah, i need a break i need to go take I'm, a breather totally,
2: totally so like single parents are like god's gift to this world they're amazing people and i i do think it's good because sometimes they can be manipulative too right like oh mommy i need you right you know mm-hmm. i i don't want to deal with this with somebody who's gonna help me like work through this you know so sometimes that can be there too but i i i love that like you you felt that on your heart like this doesn't feel right and I think so much of parenting that's that's how we're going to to learn what works best for us in our family is just what doesn't feel right to you and if it doesn't feel right to yell then then you need a different tactic right and I knew you know I grew up in a, a culture where like you know oh yeah, spanking your child and you know whatever and it never felt right to me and I was never able to put it into words, why? Um, but then as I started learning more, I was like, oh yeah. You know that, because all that does is, is takes the, the badness of the choice and puts it on us. So then we're the bad guy, right? I did this and then mom hit me, right? So then mom's the bad guy as opposed to what I did that was the thing that wasn't okay. So we really want to get at their hearts, you know, not at, not at like obedience. We want to get at their hearts. So I love that you're like thinking about that and you're like, that doesn't feel right to me. I think that's so important.
1: Yeah, it was, it was tough to hear her like, I need you. And I'm like,
2: yeah, for
0: sure.
2: For sure. Yeah. And like legitimately they really do until they, are at that point where we've given them, you know, a lot of words and a lot of tactics to manage those feelings like they're still learning. They don't they don't know how to do it. And if we don't help them now, then it, you know, it rears its ugly head again when they become teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really important that we that we help them manage tantrums now. So I, I teased that that next R. So, we remove, right, them or the object, but the other really effective thing that we can do is just redirect them, and we just, that just means veering them toward another more acceptable activity, right? You know, you, you want this doll? Oh, look, look over there. I think <laughs> I see your Elmo toy. Let's go, blah, 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 and you walk over there, right? And sometimes, admittedly, that doesn't work, right? They're already fixated on the object, and they're like, no, no, I want the blah, 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 blah. But if you can get them to, to walk with you or to start physically doing something else, um, there is a concept that motion changes emotion. And so just the act of moving your body in a different way is going to help change that emotion. So, like, I, I mean, I know that works for me when I take my time out. My version of the timeout is grabbing the dog and going on a walk. And, like, I'll just be like, eh, you know, that dog... From the old cartoons, like "rasp and fresh and I'll be like doing <laughs> that in my head. But by the, the walk, I've I've moved, and and that motion has helped change my emotion. So that works really well with our kids too. Just kind of redirecting them towards something else. And I think another part of that too that's important is picking our battles. A lot of times, we just pick things because it's either convenient for us or we don't really feel like doing something. Uh, An example I have of this is when my daughter was probably about two, my friends were visiting from up north. So I was talking to them and she really kept bugging me. She really wanted to go outside and paint. But I knew that if she were to do that, I'd have to go get it all set up and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't want to do that, right? So I was like, no. (laughs) And my friend turned to me and she said, really? Really? No? Why? <laughs> and it really like shook me because I realized I was just, it wasn't like I couldn't take two minutes to get her set up. I just didn't want to. And so I was creating this battle based on nothing, you know, just based on my laziness or my just not wanting to, to do something. So sometimes it's just kind of picking those battles and possibly along with that changing our expectations. Um, you know, a lot of times this, <laughs> this happens, like, when we're on an important phone call, and that's when our children want us the most.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and, like, you just missed <laughs> it. Like, and, <laughs> they, they just well, came over all, right now. That's not
2: always going to be possible, right? Right. So there's a certain amount that we can do to, to prepare them, and there's certain things that we can do to help them get better at it, but they're not always going to be able to. You know, like, you're... Two-year-olds are probably not going to be able to sit at a fancy restaurant for two and a half hours and not want to, like, you know, throw food on the floor. (laughs) So sometimes just kind of changing our expectations helps us in that moment because we're a little bit more understanding, a little more prepared, I think.
0: I think that's really important because, you know, we have to remember how little and how fast you can count to one, two, three, four, five. Like, it's such a small number when we look back. Oh my goodness, she was only one here and she was already doing X, Y, and Z, but you know, she's only a year older and we're expecting so much more out of her. And it's like, I have to always take a step back and remember she's only this age. I have to give her the right tools to be able to control her feelings and express herself. So I think that's really Uh, important.
2: Yeah. And there's things that we can do too to like help stretch things like their patients, right? I went to a seminar with uh, Dr. Harvey Karp a couple years ago and one of the things he talked about was patient stretching. And so he used that, you know, I'm on the phone example. And so the kid comes up to you, you kind of turn your head away and stick your finger out like one second and just kind of hold it there while you look away from them and you, you know, say a few more sentences and then, Thank you so much for waiting. You turn your attention back to them. Thank you so much for waiting. What do you need? And just those little like lessons, you know, moments of learning are really good for them to start learning how to stretch their patience out. And I love that because I feel like that that again is another skill that they have to learn. And so just having those few moments like make them wait a few seconds longer next time. And it could be totally arbitrary. You could be you could be pretending to do something, but hold your little finger out, look the other way. You know, wait a few more seconds and then turn back to them and say, thank you so much for waiting. I, I think that really I
0: once uh, I read a tip on I think it was on Pinterest. And my daughter was like always anytime my attention was with another adult. She was mommy, 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 like a thousand times, like until I turned back and got her attention. I was just like really struggled with it for a long time and so I would always look on Pinterest for different ideas of how to become a better parent and I read this tip on there that when kids do that you teach them like when you're in a conversation with someone they put their hand on your wrist and you Uh when it's their turn to talk you know that they're they need a turn to talk and when it's their turn you put your hand back on their wrist to let them know okay my attention's on you now it's your turn to talk. So, yeah, I love that one. I, I think love that one, too. hmm
2: Yeah, so that's my, my redirect. And then I have another R, and that R is redo. And I absolutely love this one. I think this is great, particularly as they get older. But in this one, we're basically giving them the grace to redo something that they've done wrong. And in the same way we can have a redo if we've lost our temper or if we've mishandled something with them. So say my kids say, you know, I want a glass of milk, right? I go, wow, do you think you could retry saying that? (laughs) You know, giving them an opportunity to remember, oh, I'm so sorry, can I please have a glass of milk? (laughs) Or, you know, yelling at, at their sister and whatever. Wow, would you like a chance to redo that? I think it's so important because we don't always want to be penalized in our life for things that, mistakes that we make in that moment, right? And of course, as parents, we're going to make mistakes. We are going to lose our temper. We are going to mishandle something. But but taking that moment to go back and, and just say, I am so, that was not okay. Can you please forgive me and can, can I try this again? I think is so huge and transformative for our kids to see modeled in us.
0: Yeah. That we're human. We make mistakes too.
2: Yep. Yeah. And, and within that too, I I learned recently that, you know, there's sort of a difference between saying, I'm sorry and asking for forgiveness. And when we say, I'm sorry, that kind of puts it on us, right? Well, I said, I'm sorry. So I'm done. I'm done with that situation. But if we say, wow can you please forgive me that gives it back to the person that you've wronged right so that person can say yeah I do forgive you and then it's like a two way street because if I'm just saying sorry I don't really care what the other person's going to say right I'm just doing my
0: job
2: exactly right but if I ask for forgiveness that's like a two way street and so we've really tried to impress that upon our kids, because, you know, you always see that, like, say you're sorry, say you're sorry, and the kid's like, I'm sorry, and they're not, obviously,
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I
1: know. I tried to, I didn't even think about the forgiveness part, but I know, like, I tried to let her know what sorry means, you know, like, well, when, you, yeah. when you're telling someone you're sorry, what is that saying? And she's like, I'm not yeah. going to do it again, and I'm like, okay, because don't say sorry if you're going to keep you behaving this it. way. Yeah. Right. And like there are things we are gonna do again,
2: right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's committing to at least trying to do better next time. Yeah. Totally, I think that's such a huge um, a huge thing to do with them.
0: Yeah, I love that one. And then
2: another R I have for you guys is review. And so this is just taking a a, a moment after the situation, after everybody is calm again, and. Well, actually, I'm sorry. back. It's actually before and after. So before, I'm reviewing my expectations before I go somewhere. So I'm I'm being proactive about proper expectations. So, you know, if we're going to Grandma Jean's house and she has a lot of knickknacks, hey, guys, remember that we are on our way to Grandma Jean's house. And she has a lot of things that we can't touch. So we have to, anytime you want to touch something, you got to put your hands together and clasp them and pretend like there's glue in the middle, right? Like turn it into a game. But at least you're kind of going over those expectations beforehand. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're still not going to screw up. But at least you've kind of set the expectations ahead of time. And then after, so after a situation, after a meltdown, whatever, coming back and, and reviewing it. So, wow, you know, earlier today, you were so mad when your sister told you that you couldn't play with her. Um, what do you think you're going to do about that situation? And kind of putting it back in their court, because obviously, as they grow, there's going to be so many things that they're going to encounter at school with friends and life that they're going to need to learn how to figure it out because they're not always going to have us there. Um, and if they don't know, you know, I don't know. Well, would you like to hear some? Would you like to hear what other kids have tried? And then just sort of going through choices and seeing what they think, and then and asking them, and how will that work? You know, if they're like, "Well, I think I should, I should hit my sister when she does that." Okay, well, how do you think that would work? Obviously, they're going to think about that. No, well, hmm, if I hit my sister, she's probably going to hit me back, so that's probably not going to work very well, right? But giving them the opportunity to just review that and to figure out, well, how could I do this better next time, and then just you know ending that with, "Well, good luck. I hope it works out for you next time." Empowering them to know that they can handle situations as they come up
1: lately I don't know where Justine got this from but I'm like so how do you think you're going to do today in gymnastics and she's just like we'll see and I'm like no <laughs> 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 you think you're going to be a good listener today we'll, we'll see we gotta see what happens I'm really undecided about it <laughs> oh,
0: like, Man. Yeah, right? I'll get back to you day. I'm
1: not sure <laughs> mm-hmm. we're on our way there now let's let's check it totally. out Totally.
2: And then, so my seventh R for you guys is re energize. And this is my protection against misbehavior. So, obviously, that it's going to happen all throughout their childhood and life. Um, But it is really important for you and for your kids. So, for you, I always ask moms, like, what do you enjoy doing? Like, take time for yourself in pursuits you enjoy and that you're passionate about. I always tell the moms in my program, I'm like, just because you become a mom doesn't mean you're boring. doesn't mean you're a mom and that's it, right? You're still a fully functional, exciting, passionate human being who is good at things and likes doing things. So like I encourage moms to just do those things that you're passionate about, that make you happy. It's that whole concept of, you know, putting the oxygen mask on yourself first. Because if we don't, then we're not going to be any good for our kids. And we're going to be run down. And we're going to be more snippy. And we're not going to have the patience that we could have if we're actually taking care of ourselves.
0: Yeah, this one's super important. Because it if you don't have an outlet to just be and feel like, oh, I'm Vanessa. I'm not just mom 24-7. I struggled with this a lot when my second child was born. I don't think I took a break from her until she was like, six or nine months and it was ridiculous like I never ever felt good for a really long long time because I didn't have an outlet to just take a breather and feel like I was still someone else besides just mom all day long so I think it's really really important that moms remember that and it's hard because I was the mom that like didn't trust anybody with my kids but I needed a break so bad you know so right. it's really tough but I think it's really really important for moms to remember that they need to just enjoy themselves every now and then and remember that they had hopes and dreams and yes. things they were passionate about before they became a mother
2: right and our kids need to see that we still do right you know yeah. so that they yeah and I, the cool thing is I think in this is that You know, babies and toddlers and preschoolers and elementary schoolers should be going to bed early, right? So if we're putting them to bed early, then conceivably we have a couple hours every evening that we can do something for ourselves. You know, I don't want anybody to be cleaning or fine, set aside, you know, 20 minutes to clean. But then spend the rest of the time drawing or writing or watching something you like or whatever, you know, just doing something for yourself that'll just re-energize you definitely and then the other half of re-energize is just in the way that we interact with our kids so i'm all about making it fun and you know something as simple as just you know playing the countdown game like okay you guys there's toys all over the floor let's see how many you can pick up in 10 no like <laughs> the voice takes like just a smidgen more energy than like yelling it or whatever or telling them in a normal voice but it makes it more fun for everybody right and if they're having fun you're having more fun and everybody's having more fun it's so much more enjoyable and I, I still use these techniques with my kids now and they're old I have an almost teenager and a teenager and when you say okay guys it's time to go get for bed of course they're still dragging their feet and whatever so I've got <laughs> Up with this thing where I just do this silly move every night, but it changes what it is, and so I'm like, okay, whoever can get up the stairs the fastest and have the cleanest teeth will get a triple sow cow with a doggy <laughs> twist and a whatever other made up word I decide, and then I make up a move that goes along with that, and that's what they get, right? Like, that's their reward. But even now, when they're a teenager and an almost teenager they still run up the stairs because they want to see what crazy move their mom's gonna do
1: that's funny <laughs> i need to think of something like that because the worst part of my day is trying to get her to brush her teeth <laughs> really i mean vanessa has experienced it oh, too yeah. when i left
0: her here and she will not <laughs> she will not let you brush her teeth i thought it was just because she was with me and no. she didn't want to do it She's like that every day. I gave her a minute, and then I asked her again, and she listened. So I was like, okay. She didn't want to do it right away, and then I was like, okay, let her run off. I text you like, oh, my God, she doesn't that want to brush her also. teeth. I'm sending her unbrushed, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want her to hate me. You, you might have to do it when you get here.
1: <laughs> yeah, she gives me such a hard time. Yeah,
2: I think being silly can just help us get through so many moments like that, right? Because what we want to do is lose our cool and be like, oh, my gosh, just you can brush your teeth already, right? Yeah. But just something as silly as like, oh my gosh, I think I see a tiger in your mouth and he's about to come out quick, brush him away, go, 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 right? Like just enough to like make them giggle or make them just kind of like, what? I have the strangest mom in the history of the world, right? Yeah.
0: That's makes a them a little idea. more willing
2: to go along with what you have to say. That's,
0: yeah. I, that's kind of how I got her though. Yeah. She, you know, I started, I was like, ooh, you're such a good brusher. Let me see. And, like, just kept, like, yeah. playing around with her. And she loved it. Like, she was yeah. laughing, and we she, got it done.
1: She only likes when you brush her teeth. She even, Vanessa sang a song to her once. And I was like, okay, maybe this song will be the thing. And she's like, not you, only auntie.
0: Oh! <laughs> Sorry, I'm her favorite person. Little, <laughs> not you. That's not your song.
1: <laughs>
0: you need your love own little know. girl. <laughs> I just trade kids every now and then when they're acting up. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Yeah, sometimes it even just takes a different person, right?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: My eighth R for you guys is just reflect. And so, again, this is another protection against misbehavior. But that's... Um, Modeling the behavior that you wanna see and focusing on controlling yourself and not your child. So anger and frustration that we have are just going to feed misbehavior. And my funny example for that is apparently mommy gets a little bit of irritated when there's traffic because when my son was like <laughs> three maybe two or three we went to the mall and he was sitting on one of those little like car things and at one point he's like laying on the horn he's like look at all those losers and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I better model uh, a little bit right uh, <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs>
2: So, I mean, they're watching us, right? And and they're paying attention to the ways that we behave. So we need to reflect on the ways that we handle things so that they will, in turn, handle them well. And I, I think a way that I've seen this work well is I've just tried to be really intentional with all these sort of techniques. And so sometimes when I'm really frustrated and I'll go and put my son to bed, he'll go, wow, mom. You sound really, that must be really frustrating. And he'll like reflect it back to me. and like, oh my gosh, thank you. You're listening. Like it works for adults too, right? (laughs) Like it does feel heard. And then then you feel good about the way that you've been parenting, right? As opposed to like, ah, I screwed up again. Um, But just kind of making sure that we do it so that that's what they're learning too. And I think another part of this reflection is just knowing what our triggers are and that could be like you said like getting ready for bed or like clutter or bickering or whatever and just kind of reflecting on that knowing that and and realizing like i'm not gonna let that little thing ruin my day (laughs) i'm gonna move forward in 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 this way and not be triggered by that and Another little part of reflection is just knowing when to catch them being good. And, uh, you know, one of the concepts in breakthrough parenting is just that, you know, we're always catching our kids being bad, right? No, don't do this. Stop that. No, why are you going to But we very seldom catch them when they're being good. Like, we'll catch it in our heart, right? We're like, oh, that's so sweet that she kissed her little sister. But we don't say anything about it. So really taking those moments to reflect on and just saying, wow, did you see when you hugged your sister earlier today, just how she just seemed, she was so excited when you did that, that made her feel so special. And that's again like working on the heart, right? And then they go, oh, and they feel really proud about something that they did, and so they're going to be more likely to do it again. Because any attention is, is attention, right? So for if they're only getting negative attention and they want some attention, well, then I guess I'll take some negative attention. But if they're getting a lot of positive attention, then they'll want to keep doing that too.
1: This is going back to gymnastics. I've, and I think yeah. that my daughter does this in her class as well. When she's with teachers, because, you know, the attention is not just on her. I feel like I've noticed her seeking a lot of negative attention is Mm. there i don't think she does it as as much at home like she's you know because she's the only one right now she all the attention is for her yeah and once it gets to the class it's just like she knows what's going on like she's paying attention but when it's like time to sit down she's like getting up and doing her own thing and wanting the teachers to come stop her and to come sit with her and yeah i don't know what kind of things to help her, like what tool to give her to stop that kind of negative attention when it's not in my control when she's with someone yeah. else.
2: Yeah, sometimes it's just approaching it with kind of a, um, curiosity and wondering about things like, hey, I've noticed sometimes in gymnastics, it looks like you have a hard time um, controlling your wiggly bottom and you just want to get up and move and get the attention of the teacher. What do you think about that? And just let her say, oh, yeah, well, sometimes it's boring or whatever. And just brainstorm ideas. Like when you feel like that, when you feel like really wiggly, but you know you're not able to get up at that moment, what are some things do you think you can do? And that's when, you know, maybe there's like a ribbon that's tied around her wrist that she can kind of fiddle with. Or um, maybe there, I mean, that's kind of an easy one, right? When you're there, like something that you can mess with. Or maybe there's like something you can do with your fingers on the carpet that feels good a lot of times tactile things will will keep them focused and occupied when they need to be focused and occupied um that's something that i learned i had some really great teachers for my daughter when she was in elementary school and she was just kind of a more wiggly human and she had these amazing teachers that just kind of knew how to get at that because like usually like teachers and I'm sure in that situation they have a lot of students they can't just be focused on the one child right right and so just kind of being able to recognize that and giving them things to do that are maybe extra um can sort of keep their attention so I wonder you know like if you talk to her and just said hey what if I got you like a special like hair tie that you can wear around your wrist and then anytime you feel like oh my bottom's so wiggly I want to get up then I'm just gonna I'm going to play with my hair tie and I'm going to loop it around my hands and whatever, but that'll give her something to do that's physical.
1: Yeah. I
2: wonder if that would work.
1: Yeah. I, didn't, I mean, I, Because all those classes have aides, so it's like the main instructor stays in front, but an aide will, like, come over, and then she'll be like, okay, now I'm getting the love because I wasn't sitting still, so now I can sit in her lap, and now I can do this, and it's just like, ugh, I don't know. I mean, it's their classroom, like, I don't know what to do or Um, how to help her in those situations.
2: And even as they grow, like, it's going to be us coming alongside their teachers and just going, hey, I've noticed this, and I'm not sure if it bothers you in your class. But, you know, I'd love to brainstorm ways with you to like help that situation, right? You know, if that's if you feel that's interrupting your class time, I'd love to work with you on some strategies that we can use. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, maybe they have ideas or they don't know if you'd be cool with that idea or maybe it's not bothering them at all and they're like, ah, eh, it's fine. And then, you know, she'll learn in some other classroom. Yeah. But kind of partnering with teachers yeah. a lot of times can, can help because they'll have different ideas. Yeah.
1: Her preschool teacher didn't give me a lot of – she told me, like, what was going on and tried to give me examples of, like, what to do at home. And I'm like, yeah, well, we do all those things. Yeah. We, we don't have this issue at home.
2: Yeah. And and that's the thing, right? It's like having one parent who's, like, will let them get away with anything, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And so – I'll go ask that parent, right? So yeah, you're right. There's there's nothing that you can control per se in that situation other than just talking to her when she's not in that situation and just going, hey, I've noticed this. And I wonder if if they appreciate that when they're trying to teach. What do you think? What have you noticed? Mm-hmm. And not in like a judgy way, but just in a way that makes them think about it. That's all we can do, right? If yeah. the If the teacher is not willing or able to do it.
1: Yeah, Definitely. the teacher was just like, when I told her, like, we are doing all those things that you were suggesting, she was just like, well, it's probably just age, then she'll go out of it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh... See, okay. that, that's
2: totally right. I mean, they're they're learning uh-huh. in those, you know, toddler preschool ages, they're learning how, how to do everything so that once they enter school, they can get better at that, right? And so even kindergarten and first grade, they're still learning how to sit and be quiet when you feel so wiggly like I we're not probably really meant to sit and concentrate on that much academic stuff until kind of much later in childhood but we've got it set up this way so our kids have to learn how to manage in that world and that can be difficult certainly for them and then I have two more R's for you guys My ninth one is reiterate, and that is basically just reiterating the fact that your love is unconditional and that you love them, not the behavior. So it's okay to to say, you know, that behavior is not okay, but I love you no matter what. And particularly when they are in those very difficult tantruming years, being able to tell them I love all All of you. I love mad you. I love sad you. I can handle all of you all the time. That is so comforting to a kid who feels really out of control and doesn't really know how to manage all those feelings that they're having just to know that, okay, even when I'm feeling like this, my parents still loves me. You know, they're still here for me no matter what. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. And the last one that I have for you guys is reconnect and that again is another protection against misbehavior and essentially the best reward for kids is time spent with parents. So just 15 minutes of focused one-on-one time every day goes such a long way toward preventing a lot of those behaviors that we don't wanna see. I used to work for this couple, they were very wealthy and they had this um, three-year-old son and so he had a full-time nanny and she just you know, her role was basically just letting him do whatever he wanted. And this poor little boy, I even—I mean, I was in my early 20s, but even I recognized what was going on. He just wanted their time. But they were such workaholics, and they didn't want to stop working until very late, but then they felt guilty at the end of the day. So every single day, they would take him to Toys R Us and buy him a toy. Like, try to buy oh my gosh the person, right? But that's not what he... He just wanted their attention, right? And he threw tantrums constantly and I think they misguidedly thought that well if I'm showing him our love in this way then he'll be okay but you know that's just not the case so just recognizing they don't want all the stuff I mean sure they want the stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. but what they really need is our focused time and attention and I think the the biggest takeaway that I have for you guys just in using positive parenting positive parenting techniques is that you will never regret parenting this way. I think so much of my like old parenting styles, there's so much to regret there, right? And the yelling and losing our cool and things like that. But when I'm using these techniques, I, I feel so much better. And <laughs> the the secret hidey hole uh, benefit of all of this is you look really great out in public too, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's like, stop doing that. You're like, wow, you have such big emotion, you know, you you look awesome. But you also feel awesome. And and you see the benefit that it has for your kids. And you see the, the connection that you're fostering with them. And I just think it's, it's so cool to be able to do something that maybe takes a little bit more effort and maybe takes a little bit more energy. But it's so so worth it in the long run.
1: I tried to do a lot of walking over to her when she was misbehaving and coming down to her level and talking to her that way. But now I'm like, eight months pregnant I barely want to move and I'm doing a lot I have been doing a lot more like Justine like call, talk, yeah. calling her from like across the room and I'm like oh I hate that I'm doing this but like I can't get up right now I cannot chase her I'm just like wondering like what's gonna happen when I'm like stuck on the couch with the Never like baby, baby on my boob and I'm like right. get it together little girl yeah, yeah.
2: But you know what? Like, I'm all about dispelling any of that mommy shame, right? Like, being a mom is so danged hard. And there are going to be moments in your life when you're eight months pregnant, uh-huh. <laughs> <and you're around laughs> a child who's or you have a newborn, and you have a child you know, who's running around, and I've been there. And, like, sure, we're not supposed to let our, you know, under whatever year old have any screen time whatsoever. But, like, sometimes you just want to put on Nemo so you can, like – close your eyes for one second or whatever like and and that's okay right there's there's gonna be times in your life there's gonna be seasons when we're not able to do things as perfectly as we would want to
1: yeah
2: and that's okay you know i i don't think we need to feel bad um for those moments we certainly should like try and do our best to the best of our abilities but sometimes we're just not going to be in that space where we can and i think that's okay yeah One of the things that I would use with them a lot was like, I really need your help with this. You know, like mommy is so, so, so tired. Look at my big tummy right now. I'm so tired and I can't get up. Can you come over here like a little bunny rabbit? (laughs) Can you hop over here? Right. Like you can you can make it a game from sitting on the couch, too, you know, and just kind of try different things like that. But kind of sharing that with them so that they can foster empathy too, you know, and they can have compassion for you.
1: Do you have any tips for me on what I should do with her like once the new baby comes to like promote positive behavior from her? Yeah. So, that's a big one, right? Like just
2: kind of, you know, babies by their very nature require so so much more of our time and attention. And how old will she be will she be? 4. Okay. Oh yeah. You're doing like a month. Uh-huh. So yeah, that I had the same thing I had. She was three and a half when her brother was born. And that's very difficult at that age. Um, you know, you'll probably notice some regression. I noticed like potty training regression and stuff like that. And again, it's super normal. I think the, the biggest thing is to just really be proactive and making sure she knows how important she is to you, and to her baby, you know, all these things, and involving her in that process. One of the things that I like to tell my moms is, like, you know, you're going to be stuck on the couch a lot, right, nursing a baby, so make that your special time with her, like, oh my gosh, the baby's getting ready to eat, go get a book, let's have cuddle time, (laughs) because, like, the baby doesn't need you to, like you know, do anything special when you're feeding the baby, right? Mm -hmm. And certainly she could hold the book for you and you could have cuddle time on the couch and read her a story every time you feed the baby. And then it's like this special time that she gets. I'm going to feed the baby right now. You know what that means, right? And even if it's just, you know, even if it's just cuddle time. Or let's turn on a song and we'll listen to music together or whatever. Just being creative about those moments where you can make her feel really special. Um, and even talking about when you were a baby, I would hold you just like this, right? You are such a beautiful baby and really making her feel special because she's going to feel that jealousy, right? And that's, again, totally normal. Um, But just being really intentional with um, making those moments to make her feel great.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that is what I'm going to need to do for sure. It's going to be very useful. mm -hmm, That it's going to be very
0: useful for us.
1: Yeah. We just listened back to an episode when we recorded with our husbands and how we were like on the same page and what we wanted to do parenting wise. And I feel like now that she's getting older and her personality is really blossoming, Mm -hmm. our Parenting techniques are changing. Yeah. Like, I'm more of the like wanting to do the positive parenting stuff, and he's more of a like a disciplinarian. And it's so hard to let me get you on this page with me without saying, like, You're I don't want wrong, you to do this I'm this right. way. Yeah. yeah.
2: Totally. Totally. I mean, yeah. And that's still a struggle for me, right? Like, and I've been parenting with my husband for so many years now. And I think approaching it again from that place of curiosity, like, I wonder, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, instead of yelling when she does this, what do you think might happen if we, you know, did something like this? Or what I've noticed when she's having a tantrum is if I yell, then she tends to get a little bit more upset, but if I do this, it really seems to work. Have you ever tried that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, finding sort of creative ways to kind of keep those doors open. But also then, like, having those moments where you're using those I statements. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel really sad when I hear you do this because I feel like it's blah, 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 you know. Um, It's difficult to have those conversations, right, because we just want to just automatically be on the same page. But I think that guys are just kind of culturally, you know, I think we've kind of built it into our culture that they're, like, that guy, you know, the lay down the law kind of a guy, and they feel such pressure to, you know, have obedient kids and yeah. things like that. But, you know, really like I just keep reminding him that it's all about getting to their heart. Yeah. Because I could have the most obedient kids in the world, but then they become teenagers and they're going to be like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't care about you because I was just obedient so I wouldn't get into trouble, and now it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do any of this crap." Yeah. But if I'm going after their heart, and if I'm really trying to develop that compassion in them, then they're, we're going to have that attachment. So that as they grow, then we'll, we'll continue to have that great relationship. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to continue to have those conversations with your partner as you're just trying to figure out, you know, what your plan is in parenting, just always doing it in a way that's like,
1: hey you know what i read recently <laughs> yeah i know but I, I do that all the time i know i'm yeah, like sending totally. articles but like you're right because i mean the thing is is you were saying earlier like short term he is getting results you know she yep. is being obedient to him at the time but i'm just worried for like what is their relationship going to be like in the future if
0: she's yeah. a, just afraid of him mm-hmm. yeah you don't exactly. want to raise her in fear mm-hmm. Parenting is hard. It's <laughs> so hard. It's like a mental game, right? It like is. you have to literally be crazy. Like you're just like a little Harley Quinn, like always in your own head, like talking to yourself. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I tell everybody, I'm like, at the end of your parenting journey, you will have won all the Oscars. Like, I think it's 99% acting, right? I'm <laughs> acting like not that parent who's so mad at you right now, I could spit, right? And I don't mind talking about sensitive subjects and things like that. You know,
1: I just, I just have to act, act my way through it. Yeah. Then, I mean, I'm telling him one thing and then he's telling me I'm too soft. Yeah, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> I got to go. About it, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, sometimes like
2: we, we are, right? And we're not, we're focusing on the, the soft part of positive parenting, but not necessarily like, hey, there are still limits and boundaries and mm-hmm. there's still consequences for things that you do wrong. You know, I'm not going to punish you. But there's there's stuff happens if you you know break a toy I'm not gonna I don't have enough money to buy you another one that's just a broken toy now, you know what are we gonna do or if you you know don't share with your friends when you come o- when they come over they're probably not gonna want to come over anymore you know so just making sure that they know that there's still those limits and boundaries and consequences for our actions and I think as moms a lot of time you know, we just don't want to go there because we're really enjoying the you know, the lovey part of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important, you know, to make sure that we're remembering the other half of, of what loving actually means to them.
0: I know when you came to the site, there was uh, a lot of parents that were speaking up about, you know, when I was raised and I was growing up, the way my parents would discipline me was just hit me. Like if I were doing something wrong and when my children are getting me upset, it's really hard for me to struggle with should I just get up and hit them? Because that's how I was raised. And that was the way I was taught. So what do you what kind of tips do you have for parents that do do that as their solution?
2: Yeah, totally. And, And again, I think it just goes back to we only parent in the way that we know, and the way that we were brought up and most people don't ever bother to learn any more tips or tricks or, you know, things to add to their toolbox. And parenting is such a, a difficult journey that you're going to need a ton of tools in your toolbox. And if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem is going to look like a nail, right? <laughs> that old saying. So, like, we really need to make sure that we're adding tools to our toolbox and we're adding tools that are accomplishing what we actually want to accomplish. Like, you know... If somebody said that, I'd say, okay, what, what do you think they're going to learn? So say they, I don't know, did did something wrong and you spank them because that's what you experienced. What did they learn from that? Did that teach what you wanted them to learn? Probably not. You know, all they all they learned from that situation is, oh, if I do that, I'm going to get hit. So I'm not going to get caught next time, right? Or I won't do that now. But the second my parents gone, what's to stop me? You know, there's nothing going at my heart. There's nothing teaching me an actual lesson. It's just teaching me that my mom's a jerk, that my dad's a jerk, right? I didn't actually learn what they wanted me to from the situation. So I'm all about just like, just add as many tools as you can. And you'll never know which one you'll need to pull out in in whatever situation. But the more we add, the more effective we're going to be. And the less likely we are going to fall back on those things that we grew up with. If they're not, you know good things
0: so any other tips or tricks that you want to share with everyone all i can think
2: about now but um thank you guys so much for having me it's super fun i just i'm i'm so passionate about it and i just i love the results that it gets and i love how it makes people feel and even though It's really, really hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it gets harder.
0: Yes, I'm sure. Um, We haven't got to the ages and stages you're at yet, but we're very fearful of them. That's why we're trying to go about everything as positive as we can now so when we get to those ages and stages, we won't be so afraid of them.
2: Yes. I always tell people, when your daughter turns 12, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just just feel like, you know – even though it's so difficult and hard, it can still be really fun. So I encourage parents just to have as much fun as possible. And even if you're faking the fun at first, eventually your brain's going to catch up with your acting and you'll be having fun. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think that's all we have for you. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We love everything that you shared with us today.
1: Awesome. Well, good luck to everyone. Thank you. I really <laughs> needed this chat, too. I've been telling you, but we got to yes. talk to her. We She's been bugging her. me, like,
0: where's this positive parenting <laughs> person at? I need her. Yeah, I'm like, like it's I, okay, okay, okay. I'll <laughs> call her, and we're going to save your number forever. And when our daughters are 12, you'll be hearing from yeah. us again. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: I'm here for
1: you. I'm here for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you All so right, much, Nikki. Have
1: a great day. You, too. too. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I, I, yeah, I did really need that. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah, she was so bubbly, and I loved her personality.
0: I know, (laughs) I know. And it's so funny, when I was trying to hunt her down, the lady was like, was it the woman that's, like, super animated? And I'm like, yeah, I think that was her. (laughs) She's like, all right, here it is. She transferred (laughs) me over. I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. I need her in my life. I know. But, yeah, ever since she came to the site, I was like, okay, I'm already doing, like, half of these things, but I just loved All, everything that she shared with everyone in that room. And it was really great because a lot of parents did soak it in and take it home with them. And that was a big concern for a lot of them. They're just like, you know, I just always want to just hit my kid because that's how I was raised. I just, you know, I wasn't listening to my parents. I would just get smacked. And so it's really, I really struggle with, I don't want to be that parent, but that's all I know how Mm -hmm. to do. So it was really good that she came in and she brought, you know, with this positive voice and awareness to yeah. these parents that really needed to hear all that.
1: Yeah. My parents
0: never hit us,
1: but for some reason I still feel that, like, you just want to <laughs> hit her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Ah. Yeah, I think it's just a natural thing, you know. It just We see red. They get us so frustrated, mm. and it's it's just normal. And I'm sure there's parents that do hit their kids, and I think this this episode is really informative to just, yeah. change the way you think and, and remember like I think the biggest thing is just our expectations of our kids like our girls are really really little right now mm-hmm. so we need to just not expect so much from them and just expect what's their capability the, uh, their mental state right now you know yeah. they're so small mm-hmm. so it takes Maybe a lot little bit of time too. I know so it's like I want to enjoy this I want it to be fun I want I don't want to be this mean, crazy, yelling mom. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not who I want to be. And I want to be very present. And I just, I'm glad, like, me and Joey are on the same page about that, you know? So, yeah, that's good.
1: Alrighty. Well, you guys know where to find us
0: like subscribe give us your comments your feedback share this share these episodes with somebody you think needs to hear some positive parenting tips Mm -hmm. and let us know what you think thank you again to nikki for sharing all of her insights about all of her positive parenting so
1: tell them what to do next
0: until then stay moody guys
1: Say Moody Mommies Moody Mommies Moody Mommies Podcast